Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Bang, bang, pizza skulls and smack them a gob. It is I, Kojak, and with me is... Oh yeah, the hairy one, Wadzilla. Yeah. How you doing? What's, what's up, Kojaki? What's the story, Morning Glory? What happened to your fucking hair? I shaved it. I, I went to the barber and I told them to sh- shave it completely off, 100% pure skinhead action. And uh, I don't regret it. You know, I mean, my whole thing was, I'm going to shave my head and let it grow out again. You know, big deal, whatever. In a year, it'll be back to how it was. And, you know, I mean, ever since I moved into my new place, I've been doing a lot of things differently, like not getting laid on purpose. Um, you know, just doing a lot of shit that I'm, I'm, I'm just doing, I don't know, man. I'm just doing everything different. As you know, like, you know, I cut my hair pretty short, like six months ago. And I was due for, you know, a trim. I was thinking of a trim. But then yesterday I thought, man, I'm going to give it a week. I want to shave my head completely. And then this morning when I woke up, dude, it was pouring rain outside. And it still didn't stop me from going. I wanted to shave it so bad in the morning that even the pouring rain, I, I drove to the barber shop and just walked in and said, you know, and they know me. You know, I've been there a couple times since I moved here. And the guy was like, are you sure? And there was an old man getting his head shaved. And I was like, I want it just like that. He's like, all right. And his other buddy, they were both looking at each other like confused, like, damn, because my hair has grown quite a bit. You know, it was already touching the shoulders. It was long again. And I was like, fucking shave it all off. And I was also thinking that, man, it'd be cool if it all comes comes out gray. Like, you know, be like Gandalf and shit or, or Ron, yeah. Di- Ron Dimer. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, just have this whole gray thing. But before I do that, I'm gonna get a mohawk, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dye the mohawk like green or some weird color. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna have the mohawk look for a little bit, and then uh, then I'll grow it all out again. Then I'll you know I'll be a long hair you know dirtbag like I always. Man, <laughs> I, I I love your you know you're so optimistic that you've got that much time left to do all this shit, man. That, that's incredible. Dude, you know. dude, what do you think? I'm going to die soon? Well, I, I got to admit, you, you sent me this text. You said, I'm going to send you a text in an hour, and you're not going to believe the picture. It's going to shock you. So my first thought is, you know, you were going to be, you know, cornholing some chick, or, you know, you were going to be with some celebrity hanging out. I did not expect that. <laughs> but when I, when I saw it, though, I was like, damn, that looks good, though. I mean, you have the melon for it which is so important. Yeah. So important. Yeah, because it's, I, it's not an odd-shaped head like Terrence. And I'm not making fun of Terrence, though. I mean, there's a lot to make fun of. But that is a weird-shaped head. Well, yeah, because well, of all the water in it. You know, if he, yeah. if he let it out, you know, just wring that fucking head out. It might be human-shaped. <laughs> but, uh, no, I mean, you're so lucky because I did it once when I was just like, 
in a, in a in a bad space, and I was just like, "Fuck it!" And I was like a woman. I was going through a, a breakup, and I just wanted to change. I wanted to change everything, so I said, "Fuck it!" Shave my head, and then I saw my head, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And I called my mom and told her. She's like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Mom, why didn't you tell me my head looked like this?" Your head, your, what? What is it? Like a cone head or like a lump on? What? What is it? It's. It's. I don't know how to describe it. I mean, it's not like full blown Beldar or nothing, but uh, it just looks like you know when they were bringing me out, they squeezed the salad tossers a little bit too fucking hard. <laughs> and uh, you know, she said, you know, when you were a kid, you know, you know, we couldn't wait for you to get fucking hair. Then you looked adorable. But yeah, I, I don't have the head for it, and I'm very lucky because I got like the widow's peak, like a motherfucker. But I don't have that like male pattern baldness in the back, you know, where you get that spot. Yeah, it's it, it's it's just it's like a Bruce Willis kind of kind of bald, and I can live with that because uh, I still got you know in, in the middle and, and, and in the back and shit. But then I, I shaved my head twice, once, and then I was like, oh fuck this, I'm growing back, and I had the same idea as you. I'm like, I'm gonna do a mohawk. So man, I asked my buddy. I even took like like. Uh, uh, tape they use for like AC pipes and shit like that and lined it up perfect and, and put it back so I would have you know like all you gotta do is shave around the tape and I'm gonna have a perfect fucking mohawk and he fucked it all up and it was so bad that I had to shave my head again oh man yeah and, and then well I, I mean that's what I get for, for being cheap but I was broke at the time you know I, I you know I, I didn't think you could fuck that up but he did uh, so I had to shave it twice but never again Never again. Yeah, I I, I I can't shave my head. I have to go to the barber. I know I miss spots and shit. Yeah. You know? But I think I think you'd look badass with a mohawk though, man. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I, I and I think I'm gonna keep that for a while, but I wanna like color it. Maybe do different colors after a while, you know? Like every time I go back for uh, another you know uh, sh shade uh shave on the sides, paint in another color. But, but uh, for a little bit, for like a year or so, you know, probably yeah. like the next rocking pot, I'll be rocking the Mohawk. That's that's hot. And I saw the video you put up today, and uh, I saw everybody writing in, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, Rob Halford, uh, Bob Fulick, yeah, P Paul Diano. But you know, it's like I know you. I, I I know you a lot better than these guys, and it's genius because what you're doing is. You know, you've been stepping up your game on pissing off Terrence. Yeah. So, so it's it's like I knew it's like he's ripped us off so much. Yeah. We're getting him back. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, well, you got I the, the Terrence do. I tried to rip off Terrence, but my my head's well shaped. Yeah. So but, I, uh, I, I did fail there, Terrence. You won this time, you weird conehead motherfucker. But. You you know you know he's gonna claim oh he did it just to be like me that'll be on his next episode <laughs> yeah yeah I'm sure and, and it turned out I failed because I don't have a weird shaped head remember the yeah. banner remember the banner he had on YouTube where all you saw is his head and with all the band logos behind it yeah <laughs> this big yeah. chrome dome and then you just see the eyebrows you know there's this chick I know I sent her a picture you know me with the shaved head with the sunglasses. And then she's like, all she wrote back was like, can you send me another picture without the sunglasses? I go, all right. So I did. And she's like, oh, thank God you didn't shave your eyebrows. 
Like, what the fuck is this? Why the fuck would I do that? I ain't that guy. I ain't Pop Geldof in the wall, you know? Yeah, I was just going to say, you didn't go full-blown wall. Yeah. <laughs> I dig it, but yeah, man, I can't stop touching my melon. You know, it's so weird. Oh, my God, in the shower was glorious. Oh, yeah. But it was weird because I'm so used to rubbing that towel on my head to dry my hair. Yeah. It, it kind of hurt. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Now you got an Indian bird. Now if you go out in the sun, you, yeah. know, you got to put something on that motherfucker. I got I to gotta put sunblock, which I own a lot of sunblock. But yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I'm also used to rubbing the towel and back on my neck, you know, to dry the hair. I did that, too, because of habit, you know. And I was like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and I... And I, I remember when I did that too. The the first time I took a shower, it's like I'm so used because so used to having long hair, and I put so much shampoo in my, you know, and they're like splat, like oh yeah, 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 yeah that'll last you forever. I'm gonna save money on shampoo now. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, oh it looks good, man. It, hey, it the chicks, good. the chicks are digging it. You know who said I look sexy? Um. um Oh my God, uh, Cronin, the, the the comedian. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah she's married. She's married though. No, no, I, I know she wasn't hitting on me, but she thought I looked sexy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, she was hitting on you. She was hitting on you. That's no <laughs> joke. That's no joke. I've seen her set. That's not a joke. But uh, yeah, oh, don't break up that happy home. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm not a jealous guy, so that that uh that happy home's about to get unhappy. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Courtney, Courtney. <laughs> oh shit alright well we're recording this on a Friday and our last episode was recorded Monday uh, so no new reviews or I mean uh, uh, yeah no no reviews or anything like that so it's time to go straight into the news and there's some man I was hoping you had time to check this out but you didn't um, they finally released uh, footage of the new Merciful Fate song How and I dug it, but you have to put in context the recording. I mean, this is off somebody's phone, uh, so, you know, it sounds like a bootleg, but I mean, the the sound of fate is there. The vocals sound great. Uh, sounds it, amazing. I saw the oath. It was so good. Yeah, I can't believe how good the King's singing. I mean, he, I mean, he was great when I saw him, but hell, that Abigail tour I saw was what, like five, six years ago now, something like that? If not longer, but sounded really good. I mean, it's sad that they were opening up for Volbeat. Yeah, but, uh, and, and 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 you can tell because the crowd was dead as fuck. You notice that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Which I saw I was like, dude, you can't even hear anybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're like, uh, you know, they're waiting to hear some Creed type shit or whatever the hell Volbeat plays. They, they are tight because. Hank Sherman played in Volbeat, and they played the Fillmore next to my house, and I didn't notice. And as I understand, King Diamond sang on one of their songs, or did backing vocals or something. So they're mm -hmm. tight. You know, they're friends. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I downloaded one album because I was hearing so much buzz about them, and I, admittedly, I only listened to like a handful of tracks, but it just sounded like some radio garbage to me. Yeah, I, I saw it with Metallica. It was horrible. Right, but what I will give them credit for doing is taking merciful fate out on state you know out on tour with them yeah. because i always said this shit all this shit metallica talks about them why don't metallica take them out you, you realize what kind of audience that would bring them to oh yeah. you know 
but instead, you know, Metallica does Days the New or who's ever and Volbeat. <laughs> yeah, who's ever hip at the time, you know? It's like fuck, man, you know, take take them out. Uh, you know, it's sad that um, you, you know, they, they they only have a certain amount of time left. Why can't you work out things with Michael Denner? Uh, I wish he was there. But Mike Weed is awesome too. And yeah. then you got you got Joey Bear with him, which is amazing. But I love the, the last guy. Was that Cherie D'Angelo or whatever the fuck? Yeah, yeah. He, I met that guy. He was an arch enemy for a little bit. Yeah, incredible bass player. I don't know what happened with him, but I mean Joey Vera, you know. But it's it is weird having you know like an American and, and merciful fate. But whatever. I mean, they sound great. You know, Joey can play anything. I mean, look what he did. Not only with Armored Saint, but what he does with... Uh, Fate's Warning. Uh, yeah, Fate's Warning. You know, so. uh, King Diamond's beautiful wife has um, not TikTok. It's another one. Uh, yeah. Whatever, but... Insta Instagram? No, no. Oh. Uh, whatever, but it's uh, she did like an hour uh, video of her hanging out while they were rehearsing, though. She didn't film none of the rehearsals. But she interviewed each of them. And King Diamond's kid was there, son. And it was really cool. Like, she went up to Joey. Like, each member she talked to. And then uh, then King. She talked to King. And that's when King said, he goes, we're going to do a brand new nine-minute song on the set. And I was like, ooh. So, yeah. but man, it drives me nuts how long it's taking them to release. You know, I, it's been, I think, almost three years now since I saw King Diamond with your band, uh, Uncle, Uncle Ass, yeah. yeah, and they they debuted a new song from the new album Institution, and that's three years ago. What I mean, what kind of prick these is that? It's just yeah. it's just taking too long, and now it's like, well, now while we're waiting to King Diamond, oh, let's let's reform Merciful Fate and do an album with them too. It's like, damn, man. So I don't know. Well, we'll see what happens, but all I can tell you is that I absolutely love what King Diamond has done with his look. Because yeah. I'm a big fan of that little derby. And he came out on stage with, with like, you know, like a goat head on his head. That, yeah, I love that. that. Yeah, that was kind of like uh, the Don't Break the Oath album cover. And yeah. then, even cooler, he brought out this, like, kind of like a crown that, yeah. had, uh, that had a cross on it. It looked so fucking cool, man. I was like, oh, my God. It looked so evil and scary. I was like, dude, I love what King Diamond's doing now with all these weird looks. And what a stage, dude. That stage was awesome. But King said in that video I saw that that stage won't be complete till they play the Vegas show. So, But they're going to bring some of it out. And man, that looked cool. It was all like a marble thing with a pentagram. Yeah, a, yeah, a pentagram with a goat's head in the back. Yeah. That shit looked beyond cool, man. And then, you know, I, and you saw it too, like that Abigail tour and the tour I saw, that stage was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Uh, are you going to the Vegas show? No, no. I'm, oh, that, that sucks. That yeah. sucks. But yeah, the, the new song is called The Jackal of uh, Salzburg, which, uh, you know, I, I love it. Ted says he hates it. Sounds Jewish to him. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, you know, Salzburg sounds like a, like an ambulance chasing an attorney. But uh, you know, I, I dig the song. I, I know you'll love it. I, I know how much Merciful Fate means to you. It's my favorite band of all time with Black Sabbath. Those are my two favorite bands. Sometimes it's it's just a tie, dude. 
You can't decide which one I like more, really. Yeah. I, I'm excited for the new album. Uh, you know, I know we're going to do it on a future episode with Will Carroll, but uh, I can't wait to talk about Nine. I love that album. Love oh, it. Oh, yeah. Nine is phenomenal. Nine, Nine is a weird album to me because it's a little, it's not very Merciful Fate. It's a little too straightforward, but weirdly enough, I like it more than some of the other albums that were more like Merciful Fate. The later stuff like Into the Unknown and Dead Again. I prefer Nine overall. I would put Nine pretty much as my favorite of the later stuff. You know, I guess like In the Shadow and Time are so good. But yeah. put that Nine probably above, even above those. It's such a great, great album. Man. Yeah, and, and what I like too is it's, while it is a little bit different from Merciful Fate, it, it's it's still not King Diamond. It doesn't sound like his solo shit yeah. either. So yeah. it it's a, it's its own thing, and, and I dig it. And I'm I'm looking forward to the follow up. I mean, the band he's got, you know, I wish Dinner was there, but Mike Weed is incredible, and that Bjorn Homer, whoever on drums, he's a great drummer. So, uh, I don't know if you heard because this is late breaking news. Did you hear who died? Yeah, I saw that next story. Ken Kelly. Yeah. Yeah, 76 years old. Man, I mean, I know we goof on Kiss a lot, but man, that Love Gun album cover is like perfection. And, oh, yeah. And Rainbow Rising. He did that. Yep. And uh, yep. some of those Man of War albums, man. I mean, that guy was awesome. Yeah, just just an amazing artist, you know, and, and from what a great era when album artwork meant something, you know, when everything was on vinyl. And th- those those images that he created are, you know, they'll last forever. I heard, uh, I heard uh, that the chicks that are all over that Love Gun album cover is all his. Yeah. It's 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 a painting of the same girl over and over again, which was his wife. Man, that guy had a hot wife. Really? That's Cause, what somebody cause told I, me. I don't know if he's. Oh, okay. Because because I read that was Tim Bream in high school. <laughs> I could be wrong. I heard it's all copies of Tim Bream in high school. He, he was very thin, but it, very stacked still. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's when he still loved Paul Stanley. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it's sad passing on, on Ken Kelly. So, you know, send our condolences to his, his family and loved ones. He was an amazing, amazing artist. Yep. He did Space Invader, too. That was a cool album. Cover. Yeah. Oh, God. Did he do that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he should have retired. <laughs> that's nah, terrible. Nah, come on. That's a good album cover, Ian. You're offending me because I'm like Terrence. You're, you don't be my public enemy number one and disagree with me like like uh, shame, shame, shame does with uh, Terrence. Man, he really he did that album cover. Yeah, he oh. did. Well, no, you know what? Somebody said he did. Ah. Uh, uh, well, if Redbeard didn't say it, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, if it ain't on, if it ain't in, in the CD liner notes. Uh, uh, speak, speaking of beard, did you see the picture of CC Deville? Oh my God, I dude, that does not look like him at all. <laughs> he looks like that one dude from Lord of the Rings, uh, uh, the, the little guy with the beard and shit. Oh yeah. my God, what a, what a fucking mountain man! Yeah, he kind of looks like the, the the fucking Unabomber. I, 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 what a yeah, that's that. 
you know, it's fitting because he's Jewish. He looks like, you know, he was he was out wandering the desert for 200 years. Holy shit. Uh, wow. That's really going to disappoint the, the soccer moms that go there. You know, I, I'm sitting there, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, there's no way that's going to make it to the tour. But then I was like, how awesome would that be? Yeah. yeah. You know, because he's, he's the one guy, he's the McMars of that group. You know, uh, all the chicks like every other member but him. Right. <laughs> you know, so fuck it. Let him go out there and do it, man. And, and let him, uh, uh, well, I would say play a good guitar. So <laughs> we know that the only way that'll happen is if he falls down the riser. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't hurt him. Don't hurt yourself, CC. <laughs> that solo. That was the uh, comment I ever got on my YouTube thing. When I was catching <laughs> poison, some guy wrote, don't hurt yourself, CC, when you go to that solo. I thought that shit was hilarious. Oh, shit. Yeah, that, that's crazy. I hope he keeps it, though. Uh, next story. Michael Anthony uh, went on Eddie Trunk and says he doesn't know a proposed Van Halen tribute concert will happen. Well, of course he doesn't. He will always be the last to know. But he says it all hinges on Alex. And uh, I believe that. But as a lot of us saw this week, you know, there was the guy, uh, you know, stalking David Lee Roth at the airport. Man, was David Lee Roth super nice to that guy? Yeah, he was... Very good spirits. Yeah, he was, especially considering how Dave was kind of given obvious clues like, okay, I gave you some time, buddy, please. Yeah. And the guy just kept going and kept going. But Dave was, Dave was really nice. And maybe it's because he's on camera and, you know, in this day and age... If yeah. he would have been, if he would have been a dick, then that that would have been the headline everywhere. You know, Dave Dick to innocent, you know, paparazzi. Uh, you know, it's all about the paparazzi rights. But uh, man, I don't uh, know. And dude, if I was ever famous, I would welcome anybody coming up to me. I don't care what mood I'm in. You know, like if somebody wants to talk to me while I'm walking through an airport, you know, it's like I don't see. I've seen one with Nikki Six. He's like. Hey, I'm with my family, man. You know, and I've seen other people. Yeah, that one guy, I think his name is Seth Rogen. Yeah. He was a real dick. And it's like, dude, you should be happy anybody's paying attention to you. Yeah, but but he's a dick, period. But, but uh, you know. But I, I don't know. I mean, it's easy. Like, I, I kind of feel like you. But then again, you know, it's easy for me to be humble because I have no talent. You know, if I was a god like David Lee Roth, I don't know. But uh, you're, I, you're, you are a hysterical motherfucker. You got, <laughs> dude. Let me tell you. Let me put it this way: you're funnier than me, and you know how talented I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm mega talented. I mean, look, at, I, I'm so talented that I went to get my head shaved, and I even have a talented fucking egghead. And you, <laughs> you, my friend, are funnier than me. So, so talent in abundance. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. But, uh, yeah, I would like to think I would be like that. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. When I see people, you know, kind of put upon like that, sometimes I feel for them, sometimes I don't. Uh, you know, I guess it all depends on the situation. And, you know, I kind of put it into context even with people that I've met. You know, I've heard all these stories about how nice Peter Chris was to them. And when I met him, he was an asshole. But maybe I met him on a bad day. And you, everybody you is. Did. Let me tell you something. Peter, Peter Chris, you met before the reunion, right? Was it right? 
Right. Yeah, Peter Chris has been like I heard a lot of stories of this creature fest thing. I was yeah. recently on the Metal Voice. You know the Metal Voice? Yeah, uh, the they, Canadian show. Yeah, yeah, they had me on, and uh, because there was a guy that was at Creatures Fest, and this guy was like Jimmy K, like he likes my channel stuff. He yeah. he billed me as the self-proclaimed Vinnie Vincent expert. <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Anyway, he had me on, and this guy, he was funny. This dude called Joey, like a total Italian dude. Like, he was bashing Vinnie Vincent like you wouldn't believe. But he said so many nice things about how Peter was. And Gigi, because when I met Peter, you know, that hot-ass wife of hers came up to me while waiting for Peter, and she couldn't have been nicer. You know, she was such a sweetheart, you know? And Peter couldn't have been cooler, man. Such a sweet man and i think he's been very humbled that when you met him that guy was like you know eating dog food he was like very hungry you know and yeah. pissed and broke and you know but he's been humbled man he's a really nice guy now but you know who should be humble is motley crew yeah they no they, they suck <laughs> yeah. yeah oh god uh but I yeah i, I showed stadium show i think it's like next week down here i think oh really soon yeah oh hopefully it gets canceled by that storm that's coming to you <laughs> yeah it's here already man yeah it's brutal it's a br like i told you man i had to drive in the rain to get my head shaved it was yeah. brutal. but yeah we're gonna get more coming down but uh yeah i hope this this concert takes place and i hope mike's part of it i hope sammy has nothing to do with it but i got a bad feeling he will uh, but, uh, if he does, you know, you know, Dave ain't gonna take part of it. I don't know. I got a weird feeling like now he might. I don't know. I think this would be the closest he would be to like just saying fuck it. But who knows? Who knows? Don't let but, me down, Dave. Make Ian wrong. Yeah, yeah. I would. I would love to be wrong. All right. Well, next story: Triumph's tribute album is close to being finished. I didn't even uh, know it was one. Yeah, they've been working on it. Uh, it started work on it started before the pandemic, and that's what's really slowed it down. But I've also heard that uh, Triumph said they don't want it released until when you open it, lasers come out. So, <laughs> you know how Triumph is. I hope, I hope Sebastian's on it doing twenty four. Oh, oh, you know he's on. Yeah, he is on it. That, uh, that's a, dude, that's a when, when, when he does twenty four hours uh, a day on that documentary, how it opens. It's so beautiful. It's like, man, I'd like to see Sebastian tackle that team. Yeah, I, I don't know. They haven't, like, announced everybody who's on it. They they have announced some, uh, but Sebastian's definitely on it. Uh, but I'd be interested to hear that. Man, I enjoyed that documentary so much. It really made me um, re-examine Triumph. And the funny is, after I watched it, the first thing I did is I loaded every Triumph studio album onto my phone and it still hasn't come up in rotation yet i'm kind of like i'm just gonna have to go listen to the albums because for whatever reason it hasn't popped up yet but it, it was so entertaining and so much fun i wish these guys would just do a fucking tour and get it over with but okay there's no yeah. demand it's 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 so weird like the time we live in this is a band that sold out you know arenas in the 80s yeah. They had a huge, huge following, though they they only had one platinum album, but still. And uh, it's just so weird how there's no demand for it. 
Remember when there, when there was a rumor? It wasn't, it actually was true, but it didn't pan out where Triumph was going to open for Van Halen. Yeah. You know, that would have been awesome. Yeah. But, uh, hey, well, hopefully we got a good tribute album coming. Yeah. Uh, Great White has a new singer. Surprise, surprise. I'm really, I'm really bummed about this because I hope it doesn't affect Last in Line, who I really like that band. Not a fan of that second album, but that first album was awesome, man. And I, what a great singer this guy is. Right, and if, if memory serves me right, uh, they either have the third album in the can or they're in the middle of uh, recording it, the, the third Last in Line album. Yeah, I know they were working on it, yes. And uh, he is a great singer. But it's like, God damn, get Jack Russell back already, for fuck's sake. You know? Yeah, do it for Ian. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know you don't give a fuck. But I mean, I mean, seriously, talk about a band that nobody gives a fuck about if you don't get the, the, the original singer back. It's great white. I mean, that's, you know, that, that's like Skid Row material. Nobody gives a shit. I know you enjoyed the, you know... What you're no, no, skipping. you know, you know, it is getting a good buzz, dude. There's a lot of people that are liking this new Skid Row singer, which I gotta bring this up. This is hysterical, dude. Sebastian Bach was on Eddie Trunk the other day, yeah. And how the show started, Eddie Trunk, and he didn't do this on purpose, it was just by coincidence. He's like, All right, they had uh, Sebastian Bach and a couple other people, can't remember. I think, I think like Brett Fence and shit. It's like, All, yeah. right, all right, the gang's all here. He didn't say it on purpose. Oh, shit. lost <laughs> his mind. Oh, and then, man. And then I think it was uh, Brett Fence goes, he goes, hey, man, stop it, man. You're bringing down the heat. And Smash like, heat, heat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, shit. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm glad they got rid of Mitch Malloy. Because I can't stand that, dude. Dude, I saw Great White with Mitch Malloy. Well, kind of. Oh. Kind of. I walked around. It was one of those pre-crew shows. I really went for Raven. Yeah. Raven was there. Um, and uh, Madame X. I mean, Madame X is total cheese, but I adore yeah. Madame X. I love the fuck out of that cheesy-ass band. And I never in a million th- years thought I'd ever see them. Much less meet them afterwards. But Great White was wedged in with those bands and oh man i was just walking around going dude fuck this band i've seen them with jack russell a few times but it's not you know because unfortunately you know me i love the first great white yeah which by the way there will be an episode on my youtube channel about the first great white scene ready filmed it and uh so when i saw them you know they only played down on your knees and but i mean i i didn't like it musically but yeah they were kind of entertaining dude with this mitch malloy guy holy fuck was he horrible i mean bad it didn't fit didn't fit like when he did like you know rock me save your love and shit like that it just did not fit at all and and the balls of that fucker to like he he said in a press statement he's like yeah now i can concentrate on mitch malloy's van halen experience you know, that, that'd be like Ron Keel going out and doing the, you know, the Black Sabbath experience. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Come on. Come on. You know? It's just, but seriously, just, there, there's very few people who care about Great White anymore, let alone 
great white without Jack Russell. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, I know where you stand on the direction they went, but I mean, even you got to admit that is the voice. You know, no, that, that, and, and and it's a great voice. I don't like those songs, but he sounds good on those songs. Yeah, Jack Russell is a very underrated singer. He's a yeah. great singer. Even those songs I don't like, he sounds great. Save Your Love is like one of the songs I do like. Oh, I don't like it because it's a no. I, I love it. Love Dude, it. What what a vocal performance on that too! Yeah, that's that. Oh man, incredible! And uh, yeah, so I mean, Andrew Freeman. I mean, great singer. I don't uh, think it'll. I don't think it'll fit. Yeah, I, I don't see it either. I really he's don't. More, he's more of a heavy metal singer, not a blues singer. Amazing, right. amazing heavy metal singer. But, you know, I don't think you can pull off the blues, you know, the bluesy shit. Yeah. So. And, 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 you know, you know, also kind of like, remember when Skid Row got Tony Harnell? Yeah. You know, how that didn't work out. This seems like they got this guy too quick. You need to get, and believe me, nobody knows this more than me. You need to get a guy in a band you know, you've hung out with plenty of times, and you have to have a vibe with. And I've learned that the hard way, because, man, I had... Let me think. Two drummers, a bass player, a rhythm guitar player, all in Thrasher Die before we got the lineup for the first album. You know, you need to like weed out. So who knows if they can get together? And, you know, I'm sure Andrew Friedman is a nice guy, but obviously Mark Kendall isn't. Yeah. And I mean, I, I can vouch here because I heard the demos you guys did with Matt Sorum. And it wasn't working, man. It was not working. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, but Matt was fine. It was me. Yeah. I was just pissed he was in the band. That's why I didn't give my great performance. <laughs> All right, next story. Uh, I'm very excited and, and happy for this. June 23rd, Paramount Plus will premiere Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe. Yeah, I saw the preview to that. I love me some Beavis and Butthead. I'm very excited about that. I hope it's good, but I, I trust in Mike Judge. So I, I, I think it's going to be pretty kick-ass. And I know people of our age and era, and there's probably even younger fans who didn't grow up with it. Uh, you know, even though, you know, we were adults when it came out, but still, you know, it's part of our lexicon. No, uh, I love it. It's the only thing I do love from all the other things associated with that I can't stand. I don't know yeah. if you like this, but dude, to me, it was painful trying to sit through. Dude, Bill and Ted, did you like that shit? Wh which one, the new one or? Anyone, man. Oh, I liked them. Uh, I liked them. I just found it so, I don't know. And I didn't like Wayne's World. I really didn't like, uh, even though it had a great line with, you know, uh, oh, Van Halen or Van Hagar. Yeah, man, uh, Airheads. Yeah, right. I didn't see that either. But it had some good lines like that in the Lemmy question. But, yeah. And Lemmy was in it. But I, uh, you know, it wasn't good to me. Yeah, I, I liked it. But uh, we all agree on Beavis and Butthead. So I'm looking forward to that and uh, can't wait. Well, I got I got something to talk about, too. I got, man, one of the, my favorite movies ever. I did not know it was on Blu-ray. And... Somebody you don't like sent it to me. 
on Blu-ray, and it has so many killer extras on it. Um, you know, like a whole tribute to Wendy, the whole story behind. You know, you've seen that movie, right? Were we talking about Reform School Girls? Yeah. Yeah, I, I got the the vinegar syndrome one. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, with all the extras. Yeah, who 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 don't, who don't I like that sent it to you? Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox. You know the guy that was in our our Motley Crue episode. Oh, oh, yeah. I let that shit go. Okay. Care. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Better yeah. than. <laughs> but uh. Oh man, that shit was great, dude. I didn't know. I didn't know it was on Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, it just came out a couple months ago. Yeah, I got that. I'm a big fan of that label. That's the same label that put out Death Row Game Show. Oh, I I believe I got that. I got that on Blu-ray. That same. Yeah, one. yeah, that's Vinegar Syndrome. Same company, man. They put out all kinds of like, you know, cult movies and underground movies like that. Yeah, no, they did a real good job on it. I loved it. <laughs> And then I sat down and watched the movie again. God, that movie is timeless. You know what's weird? Maybe you can answer this for me. Yeah. On the Blu-ray, it has like four reels. Reel one, reel two, reel three, reel four. And it's yeah. all a complete movie. What is this? All different versions? No, the reels are chapters. Like, like, like remember how like on DVDs, how, they're, how there'd be chapters? Okay. Yeah, it just takes you to different spots in the movie. No, no, this one didn't. I, I press each one and it goes to the beginning of the movie. So uh, and maybe they're all different versions? No, no, you're, you might be hitting the button. Because once you go down to the reels, then you got to scroll over to one, two, and three. Yeah, yeah, because on the menu it says play movie, extras, and then it says reel one, reel two, reel three, reel one. Yeah, yeah, reels, reels are chapters. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, oh, no, that's a great, great, uh, yeah, I, I just dropped a lot of money. They just had their halfway to Black Friday sale, and uh, I bought a lot of shit from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, they just was awesome in that movie, man. What's that? Wendy O was awesome in that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, she was great in that. When the warden was like, I'm giving you double probation, she's like, your chin is doubled. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta love Wendy O, and I, I love that that tribute that that fan did to Wendy yeah, O. Yeah, I thought it was perfect, perfect. And I like the fact that she was wearing two kiss buttons, and it was Peter and Ace, not Gina Paul. I thought that was good. I'm just talking on my kiss hardness. Oh, oh, I, I thought that was a Tommy and Eric Singer button. <laughs> uh, Grandpa's got to get glasses. Yeah, that, that'd be cool. Uh, Here's here's something that I, I've got it saved in my watch later videos on uh, YouTube, which I have a thousand of, over a thousand. But uh, I haven't got to see your review yet, even though you talked about it on the last episode of your uh, Striper show. But I thought it was pretty cool that Michael Sweet came out and said that uh, they're they're tuning down a half step to accommodate his aging voice, which I find uh, crazy because no matter what I think about. Striper's music, I fully admit what a vocalist he is. Oh, yeah. I mean, really good. Did you notice when you saw them that the no. songs were tuned down a little bit? No, I did not notice. What I did notice was when he hit the highs, he didn't do it on every song. He was kind of like saving it for certain songs. Right. And, uh, you know, he would like, you know, instead of hitting the highs, he'd, he'd still do an amazing, you know, lower tone vocal without screaming. 
But then, you know, there were some songs when he did actually start screaming, he would hold that note for like, I don't know, 20 minutes. Yeah, kind of like how, uh, you know, Rob Halford talked about, like he would kind of save it for, uh, you know, painkiller and victim of changes. You know, like he'd let it all go on that, but it would be a little bit more restrained in other songs. By the way, I meant 20 seconds, not 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Imagine him screaming for 20 minutes. I mean, yeah, that'd be as bizarre as Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> but uh, no, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and it didn't seem like you know, like a like a grunge version of Striper. No, no, it didn't sound like it. But you know what? I'm the worst. You know. The other day, you know how I do daily, I hold up an album currently cranking. Yeah. I put up the amazing Thin Lizzy Life album, which is not very talked about. The second live album. Yeah, yeah, nobody talks about that. Yeah, and somebody left a comment going, horrible production. And then I, I replied saying, thank the Lord for my horrible ears of production that I can enjoy it more than, you know, uh, people that can tell production. And then that was followed by a bunch of comments going, I don't know what this guy's talking about. This fucking album rules. I mean, it's a great sounding album. You know, so, you know, when, uh, so with the Striper thing, yeah, it probably was Stone Lower, but it sounded, I mean, musically, it sounded like the albums to me. You know, it didn't sound lower, but, you know, there are times I can notice, like, you know, like Bon Jovi, those clips I saw. Yeah, I can tell those are, are lowered. You know, yeah, and kiss, of course. I can tell those, but strike one. I, you know what? I have to go back and look now because, you know, and also when you're caught in a moment live and it was so good, dude, you know, that was just so awesome and playing so well. And, and you know, I, I just didn't notice, you know. Well, right on. Well, something that I would, I know this sounds petty and stupid, but I, I think it would kind of disappoint me is Judas Priest playing in street clothes. And oh my God, it, when I, I only saw one clip and it was the Sentinel, it was horrible how Rob sang it. It was so bad. I, oh, I didn't see the clips. I didn't yeah, I, saw, I only saw the Sentinel. I don't know how the other song sounded, but the Sentinel, man, I was like, oh my God, this is really bad, you know? Really? Yeah, really? it was kind of like, it was cringeworthy how Just, bad just just vocally or music yeah no no vo uh, musically sound fun. oh oh well that sucks it's, it's like dude take that off the set list. you know i'm sure probably the rest sounded fine but that's a song yeah. you should not sing anymore well i mean i mean maybe i mean it is the beginning of the tour so maybe he needs at his age you know shake a little rust off let's hope <laughs> that's the case you know? yeah that's true. i mean but but you know the fact of the matter is rob hopper can still sing amazing but yeah not every song that they've done i mean there's certain songs that he shouldn't you know I, I, painkiller is one that i think he shouldn't do anymore because yeah. it's embarrassing how bad it is but you know people love painkiller but whatever i mean well, i think it's kind of brutal in some i don't know i thought it was great when we saw him but... no they didn't play painkiller that night they didn't no do you remember i don't know if you remember this while we were walking out a guy was bitching about them not playing painkiller and I was kind of like, you know, shut the fuck up. What we just saw was a show for the fans. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I was, I was pretty drunk that night. But I, shit, I was just so happy. I heard like Star pretty Wars. drunk. <laughs> Remember what the fuck happened at the fucking gas station after that show? Oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> we were obliterated. 
But yeah, they, they didn't play. They didn't play painkiller that night. Oh, okay. And and if they did, you still would have thought it was on a drink. <laughs> good point. Good yeah. point. Point taken. Yeah. All right. Well, some good news. Uh, Dave Menachetti's is beginning his last phase of radiation treatment for his prostate cancer. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I'm not as big a YNT fan as a lot of people are, but I've kind of warmed up to him, man. When I was just, you know, I had some shit on shuffle on my phone and, and I heard Dirty Girl. I think it's off of Mean Streak. Uh, Dirty, yes. Yeah, I was like, oh, man. It just like, I was like, I need to give these guys another chance because there's certain things where he sounds a little too close to Sammy for me, for my liking. But that song is just so badass. And uh, hey, I, 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 have you seen the documentary? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, yet. you need to see it, Ian. I mean, if you like the Triumph one, you'll love this one. All right, well, I'll have to look that up, man. Man, everybody died in that band. Yeah, yeah. I, I know, and I, I wish the guy nothing but the best fan or not, man. I, I hope he pulls through because he does have talent and everything I've ever seen about the guy, he seems like a real solid dude. Oh, yeah. And I met him, man. The guy couldn't have been nicer. And he seemed very tired, but he still took his time. Oh, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, one thing I just want to say, congratulations to Johnny Depp. He won. Oh, yeah. Men 2. Hashtag yeah. Men 2. And also, yes, going back, congratulations to Johnny Depp for being the only, only man in existence to ever win over a, a woman in an argument. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, though, I'm a little disappointed, though, that they only gave him $10 million. I want him to get the full $50 man. I just want him to bury her to, like, you know. Yeah, dude. I, no, I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't really keeping up on, with what the hell this chick's all about or the case, but, man, do people hate her. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people love Johnny Depp. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not saying he's a fucking angel, but, uh, you know, I mean, he just got caught up in some young pussy and it's happened to a lot of people, but let, let this be a lesson to, to older men. I don't care if you're Johnny Depp or anybody, man, a lot of times they're just after one thing and it's obvious she was after like a jumpstart to fame and and just wanted to like build some cred off of his back and, and get some money and you know she was not it, it wasn't love you know but he saw a good looking piece of ass and and boy he he paid for it but you know, uh you know that part where they said uh, there was uh uh feces on the bed yeah did you see the picture when they showed the feces on the bed no, I did not see that. Yeah, it was it was uh it was a uh, fifty one fifty CD. Oh, oh, and you can't get that out. No, you, no, you, no. You, you, you you gotta burn the bed, you know. Yeah, yeah, burn oh. the bed with a Sammy fan on it. <laughs> it's funny you say that. Uh, the great Dick Twackins put up a post of of somebody that left a nasty turd in the tour bus, and uh, boy, is a biggin. And I said, man, I ain't seen a turd like that since 5150. Yeah. <laughs> so great minds think alike. We know our shit. Exactly. Oh. Well, you gotta admit, you know, Terrence and his friends think alike, too. Him and Queen, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Him and his friend. Uh, which personality is that? Queen, too. <laughs> 
All right, well, that's it for the news, and now it's time to get into the review. And this one is for the great Greg York. He wanted to hear our opinion of Life Agony's debut, 1993's River Runs Red. And uh, this is one, man, I I didn't give this to you for a long time because I had no idea how you would feel about this. I My gut tells me you weren't going to like it. I love it even though I'm not a big fan of their catalog overall. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, I, I love this album. But I was looking forward to talking about it. I was excited. You know, I'm hoping that people check this one out. Um, you know, I was, I was looking at the numbers for, our, uh, you know, our fan episodes lately. And I, I was kind of curious, you know, because we've done some kind of, you know, all over the place ones, you know, like the fucking My Chemical Romance and stuff. But you know what's done even worse than my Chemical Romance episode is Caius. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, that's a you know, a great album and a great band, but they are underground. I mean, they're a cult band for you know, if they were famous, they wouldn't be a cult band. But it's like so many people didn't check it out, so I didn't know how this would go over. Uh, but I'm I, I'm more than happy to talk about this, but. I, I seriously, I have no idea. You and I have never, ever talked about this band other than this was an episode we needed to do. So, did you ever hear this album before? Do you know this band? Do you hate them? What's your history with Life of Agony? I don't know if I ever heard this album before, but there is a song on here, the first song, that I do remember. I, I remember this now. I used to do a college radio show. And those guys were big Life of Agony fans, and uh, they gave me a copy of Ugly, which I think is the next album. Yeah, the second album. Yeah, and I dug it, you know, but uh, I never heard this one until today. Except I did know the song this time. I did know that one. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, well, well, well. there's your history. <laughs> I guess that's all you can say if that's all you know. Yeah, I've never uh, seen five you know now that's that's all i can say my i had some people that loved them some friends that loved them right well i was turned on to this band by my best friend and i i, I can't remember why he bought it but knowing him guesses is because it's a new york band and probably uh the typo connection to this album with uh, josh silver producing it uh but he got it when we were living in Florida. Uh, you know, this, this years after it came out. I th- I don't think he had it before we left for Florida. He might have. I don't know. I did a lot of drugs back then. But he was huge in this album. That- and, 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 and we would be riding around a lot. And, you know, of course, you know, his car, his stereo, we're listening to it. But I dug it right off the bat. You know, the the early 90s, even mid-90s were, you know, a weird time because, you know, my cock rock was gone. Uh, you know, the grunge, I liked some of it, but it didn't really fill that void that I missed from, you know, my 80s metal. But this was different, and I, and I liked it, you know. It's kind of, there's some aspects of it that I think people might call new metal now, but back then it was just, it was something different. I consider it more of a New York sound. That's uh, not new metal to me at all. Right, right. But I, I mean, they would, ch- you know, as they progressed, I think they went 
not new metal, but like alternative metal. And it, was, it definitely wasn't traditional metal. But uh, I, I remember really loving this album. And then uh, he got ugly. And that one did not grab me at all. I was like, why is he singing different? You know, it's very different. It's very different than this album. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, the production's too clean, and they did have, I think, Michael Babalero or whatever. He's produced a lot of like, uh, you know, more glossy kind of shit. You know, I'm like, eh. So I kind of gave up on him after this record, even though I did see him once. Uh, or no, I take that back. I take that back. I didn't see him, but I remember when the singer left, they got Whitfield Crane. And that very short-lived. I think they just did some live dates. And then right after that, Whitfield Crane started a band with Logan uh, Matter from uh, Machine Head and went on to join Soulfly. They had a band called Medication that I saw open up for somebody in Orlando. But anyway, uh, yeah, so I never really went back to this band. But I, I did really love this album. And it was so nice to listen to today because I haven't listened to it in its entirety for fucking years, years. But uh, there, there's people that are very, very passionate about this. I like Greg York. Uh, I love uh, his profile picture right now. He's got like it's a, the the album cover, and you know, life agony river runs red in a circle, and then in the middle uh, is a picture of him and Lloyd Kaufman. You know, it's like, this is my guy. Nice. <laughs> I, I got a picture of Lloyd Coffin. You know, he signed uh, my poster, Call Me a Musical Genius. Because, you know, that movie, um, uh, yeah. Newcomb High. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he never even heard the song, but he called me a musical genius. Oh, fucking Uncle Lloyd, man. He's awesome. He's a wacky ass. I love him. Oh, but, speaking of, uh, let's get off topic for a second. If you didn't see this, you got to see it again. There is, it's free on YouTube, a documentary on Morton Downey Jr. You see this? No, I haven't seen that yet. It's, I, I, I know of it, but I haven't seen it. It's really good. And Lloyd Kaufman is in it because he was on one of those early, yeah. early um, and they kicked him out of the show. And yeah, it was really good. But all right, keep going. I just wanted to plug that. But uh, yeah, I'll definitely check that because I loved Morton Downey Jr. Um but yeah, I was excited to, to talk about this one. Uh, but again, I didn't know how you would feel about it. I didn't know if this would be one of those, those ones that you're like, oh. So I'm, and we haven't talked about it at all previous to this. So I have no idea what you're going to say. But, uh, and I got to admit, for me, this is very outside the box. I would say lyrically of what I like, because this is a very. Wah, wah. Very wan wan, you know, depressing album. But I think why it didn't bother me back then, and it still doesn't bother me now, is it's real. And I don't mind that kind of shit if it comes from a real place, if it's not manufactured. Like a lot of, you know, like like corn and other new metal. I just felt like that's what was hip to talk about at the time instead of girls you know how how sad and depressed you are but I, I think listen to this even back then I just knew this came from a real place and uh, man if you watch the documentary on this band it, it goes even more into I mean this was their lives this album and, and to me I don't know it just uh, 
you know, it's like Alice in Chains was a very depressing band, but it didn't seem made up, and it wasn't. <laughs> you know, if you know anything about Lane, and especially how he ended, when something comes from real place, you know, it's like how I am with ballads. There's some ballads I absolutely love, but I can tell, I can feel it when I listen to it. If it's the obligatory, this has got to be the second single ballad, or if it's real, you know? Like, Dream On is real. I hear Dream On, I know it's fucking real. I know Seasons of Wither is real. You know, I hear Crazy and Amazing. I know that's the fucking record company saying, you know, we need another one of those slow songs for the white chicks. You know, I can see it a mile away. And with this, I never had a doubt that every word, every note was felt. So uh, we'll see what you think. But I'll, I'll take the first one on this. Uh, this time, uh, let me grab my notes. Uh, I love it. Nice sludgy opener. I definitely hear the typo influence on this, not only in the production, but the, the lyrical delivery. He never sings like this again, a little bit on ugly, but then it, you would never hear it again or unless it's in the later albums that I haven't checked out yet. Um, you know, I can definitely hear some uh, typo influence, and they were all friends. I think, the, uh, if I remember correctly, these guys roadied for him and shit. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's bad at daddy. That's for damn sure. But again, you can tell it's real and, and not, you know, I'm trying to get on the radio because this wasn't even the trend when this came out. You know, this was, they just kind of put out a dark fucking album. And I think it's a great opening track. What do you think, Ralph? Yeah, like I said, this is the one I remember. It's kind of doomy, Miley sludgy. But it's not my thing, man, to be honest. It's not something I would go out and buy. And I have, I rem listened to this, I was like, dude, I remember this song. So it might have been one of these songs that they played at the college radio show. Uh, but, you know, I don't remember any other song on this album. But, yeah. I, I, I can, uh, it's a pass for me. I'll take the next one. It's called Underground. To me, it's pretty much like the last song, but it's a little more upbeat and it's got some crunchy riffs, you know? Uh, but it just doesn't connect, man. But I can tell this band is talented. You know, they, they, they can play well. There's a, there's a tightness to it. And believe me, I've heard far worse that we've, you know, we've done donations for. I mean, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna fucking compare this to to the Cure, this shit's merciful fate level, you know. <laughs> but nah, I, I'll, I'll pass. What do you think, Underground? Um, I will say this is probably my least favorite song on the album, but I still like it, and to me, that's a testament to how much I do love this album. But there's just something that doesn't... I, I, I think it's a bad second song because to me it doesn't hold the momentum of this time. It, again, not horrible, but just... I, I don't know. There should have been something punchier uh, to keep it going. But, but again, not bad. But then we go into the first of almost like an interlude kind of thing. I mean, this album is about... You know, a, a child, everything's going wrong for, and just like their slow descent into wanting to commit suicide. 
and uh, it, it's it's just background noise of like a troubled home, a troubled time, and it sounds like a fat fan dresser uh, <laughs> talking. What here. an annoying voice! Yeah, yeah, in such a, a New York voice, and and uh, and and from what you could get, like if you listen to the lyrics of of the first song this time, uh, he's basically you know talking about you know the dad left the home remarried you know another woman and the dad's got no time for the son um you know and i i think here you hear the stepmom who wants you know she's not a great woman doesn't want nothing to, to do with his you know kids from the previous marriage and shit and you you just get the uh you, you know the theme of this very broken home that this kid lives in and, and what he goes through and it, it's it's pretty sad and uh, you know, as, as much as I, you know, make fun of music like this to a great extent, like when, when the new metal bands would do this, uh, you know, there are a lot of kids that live in this environment that, that, that suffer through shit like this. And unfortunately, you know, you see what we just had in Texas where they snap and act like it, uh, you know, they act it out, uh, and, and it, I don't know. I just think it's more powerful knowing the story and knowing that that's how this band actually grew up. Not all members, but certain members. They all had us. I really can't stress the the documentary enough because it just shows you, uh, you know, this shit was written from experience, and it and, and it just makes it more powerful. Uh, and these interludes, I, I think they're they're not wasted. You know, it, it serves the album and really sets up the mood and, and kind of puts you, uh, you know, in the headspace of, of what it's about. I, I dig it. What do you think? Tell me why I don't like Monday. Tell me why I don't <laughs> like Monday. I want to burn ooh, this whole intro down. All right. <laughs> Next song, River Runs Red. Even more of an upbeat song than the last one. Musically, dude, I got to tell you, this is really good. But now I got to say, by this point of the album, this dude slash chick's voice is really fucking annoying me. I don't like this guy's voice. I just, you know, I mean, uh, the first two songs, like, all right, all right. But by this time, it's like, dude. And you know what? I, I got I to bring this up because a lot of people think that our falling out had to do with that Tool episode. Yeah, because you know, dude. I mean, right. well, I mean, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, and I'm sure, I'm pretty sure Ian feels the same way. Um, we disagree so much on shit, but I think that's what makes this show really good. Because if you get two guys, you know, talking about how great Carnival of Souls is and shit like that, you know, or, or the Elder, whatever, you know, I don't know, man. You get two different perspectives of shit. So I get, I get much worse on this review after this because by this, <laughs> by this time i'm like oh fuck this 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 what is it i don't know <laughs> Transsexual, transgender i don't know I, what do you call them i don't know um but but you know i mean and this is a great example because i'm listening to you now talking about this and i'm like this is awesome man this is so good to have different points of views and i really do want to apologize who is it that, that donated for this? Greg York. You know, Greg... Or Greg York, yeah. 
you and everybody that's donated, you know, you get you got us free plane tickets, free hotels. So, you know, I, I love you and I love everybody. So please, I mean, I hope you're not a pickle whistler. I hope you don't get offended by what I think, because honestly, man, I mean, dude, I, I admit it. I love a lot of things that people think suck. I am not, uh, you know, the, the expert in music for everybody. So what I'm saying now is wrong to Greg. It's wrong. And I'll admit it, I am wrong, but this does not do anything for me. And I, and it's mainly because of the voice. The, the, the music's good. They're, it's good, but it's just, I, I'm a big fan of vocals. And this guy's vocals, it's, to me, it sounds like somebody standing on his chest while he's singing. I, I don't know. I get this, like he's gasping for air. You know, but yeah, I'm wrong. You know, what do I know? But, you know, you don't get offended, do you, Ian? When I, no. when, I, when, I when I slam on shit you like? Nah. Yeah, I mean, I don't get offended by it. And I love hearing different points of view. That's why I always tell people on my YouTube video, leave a comment below if you disagree with this, disagree with that. Because I love to hear different points of view. I don't like listening to a fucking episode, you know, of course you're gonna get it on this episode, like when we finally do Holy Diver and shit like that. But and but I'm sure Ian will be like, oh, this is my least favorite song on the album, where it'll probably be my favorite. But still, <laughs> you know, he still likes it. But dude, that's why we ruled that we have different points of view. And uh, you talking about this, I'm like, God damn, like that Paula Abdul song, opposite the track. <laughs> Awesome. Well, all right, what do you think of River Runs then? All right, well, <laughs> I love this fucking song. Uh, I did kind of think, though, that I, I did feel like his vocals, or hers vocals, or its vocals, would bother you more than anything, even even more than the music. So, I, hey, I, at least I was right there. You and, are correct, sir! And, and I do get that. And the funny thing is, you know, the album's forward, uh, especially by the third album, it, it doesn't even sound like the same vocalist. And he, he's, she, it's singing, whatever pronoun, I don't know. Um, so much different. I mean, I think it's a great sounding voice, but I actually miss this voice. I just like how different it is. But this song, I mean, just gets my fucking blood pumping. What bothers me is the length. I mean, it's like fucking two minutes long or, you know, and to me, I wish it was seven minutes long. I, I just absolutely love it, man. And oh, my God, I would love to hear this fucking live. But then we go to the next song, Through and Through. This was the first single off the album. And while I dig this track, I definitely, definitely wouldn't have picked this one as the first single. I, I think, I don't know if that was the band or that was Roadrunner uh, who made that decision. Uh, again, I do not hate the track. I just, I, I think it's a poor representation. Uh, you know, I, you know, the previous track, the title track, I think would have been great. But then again, I see the weirdness of a two minute song as a lead single. But uh, yeah, I like through and through just a uh, poor choice for a single. What do you think, Ralph? Um, this one, I think it's really tight with the changes they do in it. Actually, I don't think it's bad at all. But again, I, I would like this more if it was in instrumental. 
You know, because the singer just irritates me, man. Yeah, uh, but musically, it's really, really good. Um, kind of reminds me of Early Trouble, in a way. Um, it's you know, it's got that kind of dirty, you know, dewy vibe. That, but uh, all right, the next song is called Words and Music. Yeah, it's too bad it's not music without words. <laughs> Jesus is dude's voice, you know. Um, and and actually, this one I don't even like musically. I, I find it kind of boring. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a, it's a good crunchy tune about the power of music. And one thing I, I didn't ask you earlier: Did you uh, look at the lyrics for the any of these songs, or you just listened to it? No, I didn't. And oddly enough, while I was listening to it, taking notes, my friend Bladder called. Right? Yeah. And I and I, and I told him. I said, "Oh, dude, I'm." Reviewing this album, I'm not really digging it. I don't like it at all, man. Life of Agony. And he's like, ah, oh, man, I love that. I love this <laughs> album. And then he, he recited some lyrics that had something to do with, you know, razor blades and cut myself. I can't resist myself to cut myself up. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I say that in, I say that in here, yeah. But no, I, I. But when he told me that, I figured, okay, that's what this band is about. It's, you know, wah wah shit. But um. Yeah, no, dude, dude. This one I didn't even like musically. Oh, you, you, you were in the middle of talking about it. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the one thing I, because this is a song to me. I, I think if you read the lyrics, you you might like a little bit more, at least from a lyrical aspect. You know, not a, of course, not a vocal one. Uh, but what I get out of this is, is somebody who's really just you know down in the dumps and despair. But music is the only thing in keeping them going at this point. And you've talked about uh, so many songs during your youth, like you know the Twisted Sister and, and you know and, and fight the good fight that that had an impact on you uh, lyrically. I, I think this is one of those songs, and you know everybody gets something different out of out of music. You know that and that's a great thing. And this is now like I don't know if I would re recommend this to somebody who was depressed or feeling suicidal, but I think on on some people it would uh, exaggerate that feeling and make them feel even worse. But there might be some people who get strength out of it and 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 get some kind of I'm not the only one going through this kind of vibe. Uh, but I, I do find this one a, a strangely positive song on the album. Uh, you know, at this point in the album, you know, what I get out of it at least is, you know, at least he's got, everything else is going wrong, but at least he's got some music and that's all that's keeping him going at this point. And I think that's a great message because there are some people like yourself and your youth who, who did get through some hard times, specifically through music. Like, you know, I was never one of those. I, I didn't, I didn't have that relationship with songs i had songs that i loved um but i never had one like where lyrically it picked me up off the ground and 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 you know made me feel good if if anything i was the opposite you know if i was feeling sad i was like almost like a misery loves company kind of thing i would put on a sad album like yeah like so you know but uh i, I find this one uplifting big fan but then we go into the, the next uh, interlude, which is Thursday, 
and just showing the progression of the week in this character's life. And uh, Fat Fran's back and pissed as ever. And, uh, you know, then he then he gets the, the call from his boss, you know, where, you know, basically you're fucking up, you're fired. Uh, you know, and then he gets the call from school. Oh, you're flunking out of school, too. And you just kind of see, like, man, the spiral of this. You know, in the, in the first one, Monday, you got the, you know, the chaotic home life. The girlfriend dumps his ass, you know, and you just see, see shit piling. And here's a couple days later, and he's fired, and he's he's flunking out of school. And I don't know. I just, I just find it really an interesting and sad story, you know, that some people don't have, you know, the connections in life that they need, like other people who are, you know, friends who are looking out for them or somebody to help them out. There's some people where all this shit is just building up and building up and uh, and and very sad. What do you think of Thursday, Ralph? Oh, this is the best thing on the album right here, Thursday. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because you had Monday, right? Well, right. we didn't have to fucking listen to Tuesday and Wednesday. So I'm, that's one good thing I could say about this shit. <laughs> At least it skipped a couple days and we were spared two other of these fucking things. Now, as you explain it, I didn't really... You know, what I got out of it was a bad home life, obviously. You have the wife bitching, and, you know, it sounds weird. I, I do have to ask you about... What is it, Saturday, the last song? Oh, no, Friday. Friday. I'll I ask you a question about Friday. Because okay. I, I think my assessment's right with the shower. But we'll see when you, when you, we get to it. But, yeah, it was the best thing on the album. Um, there, I got some good to say about it. All right, Bad Seed. Musically, this one's better than the last few. This one really has a trouble vibe to it, Metal Blade trouble. But then comes the vocals, and sounds like uh, she is gargling someone's Bad Seed. <laughs> don't don't like the vocals, but yeah, musically, this one's really good. I a lot of these songs musically, I, I find the band to be really good. You know, I don't. I can't see how Whiffle Crane would be make it any better, though. You know. Well, I, I will say this. Uh, you know, I, I think Whiffle Crane is a good vocalist, and by the time he joined the band, was after their third album, and their third album was so far removed from this. It was very uh, an alternative rock album. That's uh, what that's what Bladder was telling me. He said he liked this one and and. Ugly, but the third one was terrible, he said. Yeah, and, and I wouldn't even, you know, I remember when Soul Searching Sun came out, and, and I heard it, and it was one of those things, it's like, I don't think it's horrible, but it doesn't even sound like the same band to me. You know, but th there was good songs, and, and uh, you know, I, I, this would be something, you know, you can look it up, or, or you can't, I don't give a fuck, and you probably don't give a fuck. But uh, the single from from that album was called "My Mind Is Dangerous," and if you listen to that, you wouldn't even know it's the same fucking band. But he sings nothing like this. It's more of a straightforward voice, and I and I think he she it has uh, a really good voice when singing in a natural sound. To me, I, I think when this album came out, it, this is like a lot of bands' first albums. There's so many influences on it, and then they become who they are. And I think this is them trying to, uh, you know, uh, emulate a lot of their heroes. And, and you can tell there's a lot of typo I hear in this. 
Uh, and, and plus, they got their keyboard player as the producer, so it makes sense. But they never used him again, and it never sounded like this again. So you might like the other shit. But I would say when we're done, you know, if, if you got nothing else to do, check out My Mind is Dangerous and let me know what you think. All right. All right, but uh, Bad Seed, I fucking love this track. Uh, I really love it, but to me, what, what a fucking... You know, sad and depressing song. This guy needs a break and 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 a fucking hug. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, I, just, I I really felt bad listening to this album, and not like 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 you, where you're like fuck end already, but um, just kind of thankful that you know everybody goes through bad sh- shit, but there's always somebody who has it worse, and. Uh, and, you know, and again, a lot of this is because I watched the documentary. I knew a lot about this band and how they grew up. I mean, this is really, you know, real shit. And you never know what somebody else is is going through in, the, in their home life, you know. And sometimes you see people who freak out and, and do things. And uh, it's easy to demonize them at first. But you really don't know what somebody else goes home to. You know, and I, I've worked with people like this, you know, and you wonder, why does this guy act this way? And then you find out about shit that's going on, you know, either in his marriage or shit he's dealing with with his kids. And it kind of, you know, there, there's a guy I work with that I used to look at like, what a prick and all this shit. And then I found out a lot more about the guy and a lot of shit made sense, you know, like, oh, fuck, you know, at least I ain't going home to that every night. So... Uh, but but I, I I love this track lyrically. I love it musically. Uh, I I think it's it's totally killer. And now I'll take the next song, uh, "My Eyes." Uh, this was the second single from the album. To me, it should have been the first single. It's my favorite fucking track. I love it. Uh, unfortunately, it's another short one. Um, I easily think this could have been two or three minutes longer, in my opinion. But I love that, you know, uh, give me a reason to live. I'll give you three to die. And and again, this isn't, you know, trying to sound hip. This is, this is some real shit. I love this fucking track. And I'd be surprised if even you don't like this one, Ralph. But surprise me. All right. Get ready to be surprised. My eyes. More like my ears. <laughs> I hate the riff on this song, but I do have one good thing to say about it. There's this little breakdown that is really fucking awesome. Where it gets kind of like a little tight. Like, I can't remember how it goes, but it was a little kind of thrashy. It was fucking awesome. But those keyboard warrior tough guy backing vocals are laughable. Who, who is that, Terrence? <laughs> no, it's it, no, it's uh, JJ Friends and Marco Mendoza. Is it really? No. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say yeah because um, I believe in rock and roll. Uh, that those vocals. Also, every day I work so hard. Every day, remember that song? Yeah. Ooh boy. But yeah, no, I honestly thought it was Terrence, you know? <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm the king of the jungle. You know? <laughs> the, the boss is back. boss is back, and I'm the king of the jungle. The only jungle he knows is that huge bush of his. You know, Terrence <laughs> never shaved his vagina. You know that, right? 
<laughs> but uh oh yeah but there's a little i mean musically that little section is the best my favorite thing on this album musically so there you go we both agree this is your favorite song and this contains my favorite part of the album yeah there uh, you go all right, so the next one's called Respect. Uh, now my brain's getting numb. You know, I wish I didn't shave my head before hearing this. You know, I didn't have my hair to take. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could have pulled your own hair out and saved some money. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's true. I, I find this terrible. In every aspect, everything about the song, I just don't like. What do you think? Uh, I, I think it's a great track, and I think this song is made for the pit. Uh, with, with the breakdowns and the build-up and the respect, I, I just see a bunch of shirtless fucking quasi-homos just fucking pounding the shit out of each other and having a good time. Every day! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Is she really going out with him? I'll go back. No, I, I, I really dig I, I I love it, but this is one I, I'm not even gonna. For, I, I can see where this would be an easy album to hate, and once again, timeline is everything. Uh, you know, and, and when this came out, this was a time I was looking for something new, uh, and a lot of this shit I was liking was coming out of New York. You had this type of negative, uh, you know, prong. Even though they started a little bit earlier, a lot of shit I was listening to at this time, you know, and Pantera. Um, but I can totally get why you don't like it. And and I don't judge you one bit. And if I didn't discover this album when I did, who knows if I would like it. You know, I've been, I've been thinking about the, the timeline shit a lot lately. And I know we've talked about it for years on this show. But yeah, you know, it, it really came up on Men at Work. Because when you and Dracula would talk about how yeah. good it was, I was like, dude. Men at Work to you is like what I mean to me is what Ario Speedwagon is to right because it's the whole timeline thing. But I, I've been watching, you know, I, I've been watching a lot of shit on YouTube because uh, I've really got into my movie collecting, which I always have. I mean, I have thousands of DVDs, thousands of Blu-rays, hundreds of 4Ks. Hey, and, hey, hey! Speaking of movies, did yeah. you see Sharkbait? No. It's cool, dude. I, I'm not a big fan of shark movies. But that one was pretty fucking brutal. The CGI, of course, sucked. But yeah. it was fucking brutal, man. So well, check I'll, out Shark Bait. I'll, I'll look into it. But uh, where, where I was getting with it, like, I watch a lot of ones that focus on horror. And, you know, a lot of the, the popular franchises, I saw them all in order. You know, because I went to these horror movies, uh, you know, as they came out. You know, the Halloweens, the Friday the 13th. Oh, the horror movie. I thought you were talking about Terrence's mom. It's horror you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, not, not horror movies. Oh, okay. I'm uh, but uh, who was? Bunch of fucking stinky who was from Boston. Um, but, uh, it, you know, so it's one of those things where... Like movies that that are looked fondly upon by kids who just discover them randomly, you know, on home video, uh, they don't see the disappointment like I did. Like I saw like you know, the beginning ones that are good, and then they got really shitty. 
and, and I, I knew it as it was. And then I started thinking about how it reflects with our show and our music. You know, it's like I love, uh, you know, Ultimate Sin, but that was my first Ozzy. But if my first Ozzy was Black Sabbath and then Blizzard, then Diary, and and you know, Bark at the Moon. Yeah, probably Ultimate Sin would have been like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, the same with like Turbo and other shit. But because that's when I came in, I look at it with a whole new set of eyes. But I'm thinking about these movies. I was like, yeah, but you don't realize how what a letdown it was from what came first and how it was built up. And and it, it's the same way with, with music, man. You know, this came out at a, you know, a time I was hungry for something new. But if I listen to it now for the first time, I pray, what the fuck is this shit? You know? So, anyway, that's my long-winded, you know, spiel. But, uh, yeah, I like respect. Uh, and then I'll go into Method of the Groove, or me- Method of Groove. Uh, I definitely hear some biohazard influence on this, which is fine by me. Another band I know you can't stand, Ooh. but that that's another New York band, uh that I really loved, man, when, when I first heard Punishment, I was like, holy fuck. I, I love Biohazard. Got to see him, like, two or three times. Uh, big fan. And I'm not, I'm not really into that, you know, uh, rap rock shit, you know, but, but I love Biohazard. And it makes sense because they're a New York band, and that's where, you know, in my opinion, you know, the West Coast perfected hip-hop, you know, but it definitely started in the East Coast, and you see that influence on East Coast bands, you know, and and it makes perfect fucking sense. But I could see where some of this stuff would be cringeworthy if you didn't grow up on it, or you hear it now. I'm sure, like you hear, there's like, what's this rap shit? But uh, I really dig this song. What do you think? Yeah, methods of groove. <laughs> well, at least it ain't methods of mayhem. There, I said something nice. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. The next one, The Stain Remains. This is the worst one for me. I mean, I don't even have to need to expand on that. But this song was like the one. Maybe it was fatigue, you know, getting through this album. Right. But by the time I got to this song, I was like, oh, man. And, you know, I mean, hey, look, man. Like I said, I love anybody that donated. And I don't half-ass this shit. I will sit through an entire album. Even The Cure. For Bushy, no less. But, you know, I, I sat through it all, and I'm like, I, you know, I guess it probably, maybe it's not the worst on the album, but I was just so fatigued at this point, you know, that, uh, yeah, I was like, ugh. Uh, I, I just felt it was the worst song, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's because, you know, I've been sitting down for almost, because it's a lot of songs on this. What is it, 13 songs or something? Yeah, but I mean, you take out the interludes; it's ten, right? It and a lot, and a lot of them are short songs. Yeah, yeah. It would have been it would have been longer if it would, there was a Tuesday and Wednesday. Thank God for that. Um, but ah, uh, uh, you take it, Ian. Or, right. or, or do I take it? No, you take. No, no, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I love this fucking track, and. and and look, kids, this is like a quasi-ballad uh, that I love. But to me, it helps when it's sincere. And, you know, not only have I been, you know, 
enjoying this album and, and listening along, but I've been paying attention to the lyrics and, and, and the build up to this point and, and to where he just can't fucking take it anymore. Uh, I feel every second of this song and I, I dig the fuck out of it. I really love this song. And then it goes into the end. Yeah. Uh, can I, can I break in? Cause uh, I just want to ask you, about this last song does does the guy commit suicide in the shower yes yes all right go on go on Uh, okay so yeah spoiler alert (laughs) uh you know it ends up with with the guy coming home and you know once again he walks into this chaotic fucking uh household goes into the goes into the bathtub uh, puts on music, you know, which funny enough is, is, I believe it's the title track he's listening to, and then proceeds to slit his wrist, and and you hear, you know, the blood drop, and then then the stepmother walks in and then starts screaming like, oh shit, you know, which shouldn't be a surprise, you know, in the environment they're living in, but um, but yeah, uh, that's where this ends, but but. That's where I thought it ended, because supposedly their latest album, The Sound of Scars, which is is also the title of the documentary on the band, uh, is supposed to be a follow-up to this. So maybe the kid doesn't kill himself, he just cuts his wing-wing off, (laughs) you know, and (laughs) maybe the next album is just, you know, Life as a Woman. But knowing this guy, you know, probably the first day he gets his period. So, you know, another tragic tale. But uh, to me, it's a a powerful way to end this. And I I really hope, and I know this this album does have a lot of fans, and there's a lot of people like me, too, who this is really all they know of the band and, and, and kind of checked out with the next album, but they go back to this one. But I hope it's it's something that you can listen to and at least get something positive out of it and not feel like you're alone. But please, you know, don't don't follow the directions and uh, and end it because that that's pretty bad. Unless unless you know you're like a shut-in that just lives off your dad's money, you know, then you know m- maybe think about it. That's a big hairy bush. Yeah. Uh, or, or if you're to the point where, you know, you're going out and buying a gun and you're going to take other people out because you feel fucking sad, then, yeah, go ahead and kill yourself. Yeah. You, you know, but uh, but but this is an album, you know, I, I totally get why Ralph doesn't like this. I don't judge him. You know, I think it's fine. He doesn't like hey, it. Hey, man, I've heard worse. I, I, that's all I can say. And I'm not saying that to be nice to our awesome donator. But musically, I dug it. I really did. I just couldn't stand the the, uh, the vocals, and you know, some of the mu- some of the songs didn't do much for me. But talented band, and you know what? By you talking about this shit, I'm very intrigued by the documentary because they've had fucked up lives. So yeah, oh, yeah. I like to watch that. And well, by the way, I did not talk about Friday. I have something to say. Yeah, go ahead. It's soundscape for scumbags. That's it. <laughs> well, that is our review of uh, Life Agony's debut album, River Runs Red, released October 2nd, 1993, produced by Josh Silver. 
this band was, uh, or, I'm sorry, this album was the fourth album to go into the Roadrunner uh, Hall of Fame. And I, I know it's not a magazine we hold in high esteem. Or no, I'm sorry, it went into the uh, Decibel Magazine's Hall of Fame. Um, but Rolling Stone put it number 58 on their list of 100 greatest metal albums of all time. Again, it's Rolling Stone, so take it in stride. Um, but it, I mean, it does have a following. It does have an audience. And uh, again, I just hope if anybody gets something out of this, it's just, you know, don't give up, you know, because I, I know Ralph and I have gotten letters and messages from, you know, very despondent listeners who have thanked the show for helping them out of dark periods of time. And everybody goes through shit, man. You know, I look back at the shit I went through just three years ago, you know, and I was in a dark place. Thankfully, I was never suicidal, but I was still in a very dark place. And right now, my life's in a great place. So, you know, shit changes, you know, and, and not everything's permanent. Sometimes life's going great. That don't last forever either, you know. But uh, you always got music, so if you need something dark to relate to, put it on. But you know, you know, don't don't hear the voices telling you you got to do it because the record says so. Well, you know? something some things are permanent, Ian. Like uh, Terrence's virginity. Yeah, yeah, that that yeah. shit's uh, that shit's uh, uh, a no brainer. But you know, don't listen to this shit and kill yourself and. Don't listen to Death Leopard and pour sugar all over yourself. You know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Terrence has no problem killing himself because he'll never listen to this album because he didn't go gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're safe there. He won't. He won't give it the time of day. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, by the way, I don't want Ian and I don't want Terrence to kill himself. Kill himself. We no. need to say shit like that in case. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. Yeah. Yeah, Terrence, do not kill yourself. Let your dad do it. He deserves it more than anybody else. <laughs> and plus, I mean, come on, we need that entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it, it's bad enough you rip off our show. Don't rip off your mom. You know? <laughs> oh! oh what yeah. a whore! Well, what well, was a whore? It's a hua. She's a filthy hua. Uh. All right, well, now it's time for you to sing the song, bro. Hell yeah. This is the only time it's cool to say Ian before WoW. Pick of the week. <laughs> All right, well, I got two picks of the week this week relating uh, to the topic because I'm lazy. Uh, my first pick is something, after I got done listening to this, I was like, you know what? Let me go back and, and give Ugly a listen. Uh, because this is something that I've had happen with a lot of bands. They put out an album that I'm so like, oh, I'm all into that, that no matter what they put out next, I can't accept it because it, it, it doesn't strike me the same way the other uh, album did. And just listening to, this, to the first track on Ugly, I was like, huh, maybe I need to give this shit another listen. I know... Samuel Wentz told me, he goes, oh, I like Ugly. And I was like, really? And I listened to it, and yeah, there is cleaner production. The vocals are slightly different. Uh, 
you know, but I'm like, it's really not that bad. So I'm I'm asking the audience to go on a uh, on a trip with me, and let's both give Ugly a chance and, and, and see how it is. So that's my first pick of the week. Hey, my we, s- gave, we gave Ugly a chance when we had Terrence on the show. Oh, hey, oh, his mother's dead. Have some respect. What a hog! Um, She's sucking Satan's scaly cock now in hell. Oh, that who? Uh, all right, uh, my second pick of the week, and I mentioned this on a previous episode, but I can't stress it enough. Check out the documentary, The Sound of Scars. And I'm going to recommend it for you as well, Ralph, because, you, you know, it, it's not like it's uh, a, a music video. Right. You know, the, the, you know, it's a lot of talk, but I think it's just an excellent documentary that people, you know, regardless of whether you like the band or not, you can be like, Wow, because not only is it a documentary about how these fucked up motherfuckers grew up, but how they stayed together as a band, how they dealt with lead singer Keith Caputo turning into Mina Caputo. And, you know, I, I hope nobody's homophobic enough, like, oh, I can't watch the gay shit. I mean, it's just, it's an interesting story of, you know, this band's life and what they went through, you know, and, uh, the only thing I don't like about it is they just focus on uh, Keith Caputo, Joey Z, and Alan Robert, the, the singer, the guitar player, and bass player. They don't talk about uh, drummer Sal uh, Brusco, or I know I'm pronouncing that wrong, but he was in. Uh, he actually left Typo Negative to join Life of Agony and played on a lot of their shit, but he ended up leaving after the whole sex change thing. He couldn't deal with it. Apparently, he's very homophobic, but. That's also, you know, their side of it. You know, there could be two different sides to it. So I don't like how they gloss over the drummers in the band's history, which they they now have a female drummer, uh, which is fine. I mean, she's a very capable drummer, you know. But uh, but other than that, I, it's just it's it's a very sad yet uplifting story that I think, you know, the best documentaries I, I feel you can enjoy whether you're invested in the subject or not. If it's, if it's a compelling enough story and it's told well enough, you know, anybody can get anything out of it. And I think just any fan of, of band documentaries or rock documentaries will find something to enjoy. It is The Sound of Scars. Not to be confused with their last album, which is also called Sound of Scars. But those are my pick of the week. Give Ugly another chance or a first chance and check out the documentary Sound of Scars. Yeah, I'm, de- I'm definitely going to do that. Right on. What you got, Ralph? I'm going to do something we've never done before. I'm going to piggyback on Ian's pick of the week on the last episode. Ah. Because when I edit episodes and Ian's pick of the week, I look for the music and then I add it in the, you know, the background noise. And uh, the smithereens, meet the smithereens. Never nice. heard it before all Beatles covers of the early years and I was completely blown away how good it was I mean and you know dare I say some of the songs I even prefer over the Beatles and that's only hearing it for the first time and I love these songs but man give me Don't Bother Me by the Smithereens Um, and I love that song you know I'm not a big George Harrison fan and that is the very first George Harrison penned song 
And I liked it. I loved the George Harrison version. I was like, yeah, all right, George. Not a big fan, but that was his first song, and I, and I thought it was really good. Where you know everybody's like, oh, George Harrison came to his own later on. No, man, he he was he was good on his first shot. I'm telling you, I saw her standing there, and uh, oh man, just every song on there was just phenomenal. So I ended up getting the whole discography, which I haven't delved in yet, but I listened to some of the songs off the first album and i absolutely loved it uh very pop power pop you know and i love shit like that like you know cheap trick letters to cleo type music and uh that is my pick of the week the smithereens um meet the smithereens good stuff ian nice nice that that makes me feel great that you actually checked it out man that's incredible yeah, yeah. All right, well, now it's time to go Wait, 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 wait. Outro, outro song. Okay. Motherfuckers better go back to saying Ralph and Ian. End up pick of the week. <laughs> All right, well, now it's time to go to fan of the week. And uh, yeah, I feel really good about doing this episode because I know. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to insult the poor guy. He's, he rules. I know, but he's just going to be so happy we're talking about this because. I mean, you can tell from the guy's Facebook page how much this album means to him. And, you know, if, you know, you're a regular listener to this show, at some point I'm going to fucking piss you off, in my opinion. At some point you're going to piss It's par for the fucking course. People love it when we disagree on shit, period. And, so, and, and we got to be honest, man. We can't yeah. sugarcoat anything. If we don't like it, we have to say it. Yeah, if we if we always agreed, we'd be the Freeform Rock Podcast. Oh, oh <laughs> man, you know he's listening. Yeah, you know I'm kidding. I've never heard that show. Um, <laughs> but but Greg York, thank you so much, uh, Greg. Greg, I always fuck up Greg and Craig. It's Greg. Greg York. Uh, Greg's been on the page since fucking 2015. I mean, this is old school. Uh, you know, a Jersey boy. He loves this fucking album. They're from you know? Jersey, right? They're Life Agony? No, no. They're from Brooklyn. Okay. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's right. You know, they're right next to each other. You know, Jer- Jersey's like the same as New York, only a little bit more inbred. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, Mr. York. Uh, Sergeant York. Uh, but no, man. I, I mean, I seen this guy around for years so happy to do this episode and really i'm just you know i i know how much this album means to him and i'm sure uh you know th- this would have been a fascinating episode if he only would have spent 20 bucks more and guessed it on it <laughs> you know because obviously he has a deep connection to this and i think that's incredible and that is the thing that's fun about these fan episodes even if it's out of our wheelhouse it's now we probably never would have picked it's, it's how you guys feel about it and what you think about it. And I've said it a million times. I'll say it again. If I was to pay money to another show, you know, I'm not going to pick a Terrence Re- Re- uh, fucking Waterhead record. You know, Waterhead. that I love when you call them Waterhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's like schnozzes, but for retards. If yeah. he can call Jews schnozzes, I can call retards Waterheads. Um, but, uh, no, I would do the same thing. I would pick an album that's personal to me, something that I don't think gets talked about enough. So I totally get this, and I'm happy to do this for you and, and everybody else, you know, who picked, you know, 
what most people would consider a weird fucking album. So uh, I hope we did you proud, sir, and thank you so much for your donation. And uh, yeah, and rock on. Yeah, man, thank you so much, dude. And, you know, Ian loves it. My friend Bladder loves it. My friend George and Bobby from the from the college radio show love this album, love this band. I mean, they gave me a copy of Ugly, and, you know, I haven't listened to that shit in ages, but I remember digging it. So, you know, I mean, at least I like that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll listen now, have a different point of view, but I, I don't know. I mean... Now Ian's saying, "Well, he's singing different. Just a, uh, there's some hints on it, but I, I do remember listening to Ugly. But you know, it's one of the, like the million bands that I have that I don't really. I hear it, I like it. Oh, I'll give you, I'll give you an example, Ian. I was at a, <laughs> this is great. I was at a, a record convention like ten years ago, and I found an album of a band called Nuts with Z, with a Z." And it's from the 70s, 74. Looked like a hard rock band. I said, you know what? I'm going to take a chance with these nuts, right? (laughs) (laughs) So so I brought it home. I played it. And I was like, damn, that's some good shit. You know, there's my second pick of the week. Check out the self-titled album from Nuts. And uh, But the other day, I was doing, you know, my track by track. In the middle of my track by tracks, I, I paused. And I grab an album of my collection and talk about it. And they go back into side two. So this time I picked, <laughs> I, I, I pulled out nuts. And I was like, holy shit, I remember buying this, but I totally forgot about this. So I heard it just once, dug it, and never listened to it again. And that's how I was with Ugly and a lot of, uh, what was the thing that we did? Uh, there was a, oh my God, I can't remember. But there was something that we it was a donated episode a few episodes ago. Of, and now my I dug, but I never listened to again. And I did. And it's like, dude, so that happens. You know, that's a long explanation why I haven't listened to Ugly. But I, I remember liking it, you know. Yeah, so so if you got an old some old nuts laying around, you know, <laughs> dust, them, dust them off. Dust them off, put them back on, and enjoy your nuts again. You got to see this album cover of Nuts. I mean, this is 1974. I don't know how they got away with it. It's like... Some chick bending over, you know, it's like full ass. It's like I, I had to buy it. I was like, look, I, I flipped the album around. And they look like a, you know, '70s hard rock band. I was like, Man, I'm gonna take a chance on nuts. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know the debut album. I like the follow-up. It's got Terrence on the cover. It's called Bugging Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the song on there. Is like, what a weird shaped head. That's that's the best <laughs> song on that album. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, and we hope you checked it out, come back next week. I don't know what we got, uh, but we're we're getting to the bottom of the barrel on the fan episodes. It's going to be another fan-packed episode. It's going to be another weird one. And uh, come along on the journey. That's next week. Yeah. And, you know, it's a shame because, like you were talking about earlier, this may not get a lot of listens but man this was a great episode yeah it'll probably keep uh greg from killing himself if he likes this shit you know this could be the one that saves his life yeah and we need him yeah yeah we need him because he's got deep pockets (laughs) so come back next week to the rock and metal combat podcast i'm bald all my loving i will